Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Moving right along here inside the 9 o'clock hour on the fan. KM to AM, a five-hour program. We've brought in one guest. Shout out to Charlotte Carroll. Covering the Giants for the Athletic. Coming up is Lee Steinberg. He is still an active agent. Um, I just was looking at his Instagram and some more about Lee. I'm definitely going to read his bio for those unfamiliar. And we're going to chop it up about Shohei Otani's contract. But still taking calls at 877-337-6666. And like, yo, I appreciate you guys calling and waiting. Like, that means something to me. That like... I'm I'm working through my run of show. I'm working through my guests. I'm working through topics, and I and I want to get to people. And uh, we obviously have breaks and updates, but like people calling and holding until they get their chance, like that means something to me that you want to be on the show and you want to be heard. Uh, and even like Dominic, who is a consistent caller into my show, you know I hate to have to cut you short, but I'm up against it with Connor, my producer, and the time and the things that got to happen. So I appreciate you guys. Let's get back to the phones. Bobby in Belmore. You got it. Go for it, Bob. Good evening, Keith. Uh, it's funny how the uh, <clears throat> the Giants, if Barkley doesn't uh, fall down, instead of going for the first down or if Dibinol doesn't go offside, Giants right now will be in a playoff spot uh, tied to the same East, uh, conference record as the teams that are in it. Yeah. So, I, you're talking about the Jets game. Right. And the I'm Jets telling game. you, that is going to – let's say – they do beat the Saints, who are beatable. I could see that game. Yeah. I could see that. I could see Derek Carr being not effective in the red zone. A defense, like a, a, a interception return, like the the Falcons beat them on a on a Jesse Bates um, uh, in, interception return. Let's say say they beat the Saints. Let's say they split with the Eagles because the Eagles might just give them the last one of the year. And let's say they beat the Rams too, who are beatable. It could come down to that stupid Jets game that burns the Giants this year from going back-to-back playoff appearances. And um, I think the Giants have to draft a quarterback because, uh, you know, Daniel Jones can figure the AC out, the two neck injuries. Um, you know, they're going to have to draft. They're going <clears> to <throat> – I know the Jets aren't because Emperor, Emperor Rogers won't let that happen. They're going to let out – they're going to want an offensive <laughs> one. They, they don't have a second-round pick, so they're not going to end up getting a quarterback. I'm a Jets fan, but, you know. They're going to get the best they, offensive lineman available to block for Aaron Rodgers. Right, it's going to be another waste of the year with a 40-year-old quarterback coming back from the Achilles injury. You know, and the guy uses his legs a lot. He's not Dan Marino. Dan Marino had the same Achilles injury and uh, – 
was pretty good after that, but I don't see it with this guy. Um, but anyway, the Giants is about six, seven, as you know, the six, seven quarterbacks coming out. And, uh, you know, they, if they do lose a couple of games, I mean, it would help their draft stats. But who do you think is the best, uh, got to draft and I just, I just pick him out of these seven quarterbacks for the Giants. I'm, I'm scared of Jaden Daniels now that he won the Heisman Trophy, but I've been saying Jaden Daniels because I just think he could, him and Dable together, a guy that can throw like that, run like that, make plays, him and Dable, you know, we, we've seen Dable work with Tommy DeVito now and, and his running ability. We've seen Daniel Jones running ability. We've seen Josh Allen's running ability. Jaden Daniels has the the running ability, the arm, and he's 6'4", 210, but the Heisman curse is a real thing, in my opinion. Um, so they, they, he might be available. I mean, if the Giants get a top-10 pick, I mean, they say he would be available. They have the him proje- right now. I, I saw. I think I did a show Tuesday or Monday where ESPN had the Giants taking him, and I'm on tankathon.com right now, and number eight, they have the Giants taking Jaden Daniels. Uh, but. Now, if they win three out of four, that might hurt them. That, 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 that's going to hurt their stats. Then they would have. I honestly don't think that they're going to win. No, I don't think they're going to win three out of four. I don't think so either. But uh, you know, and you know, as far as the the Giants are concerned, um, you know, I mean, if they some if they would have gotten into the playoffs, I mean, you know, if they would have matched with a team like Dallas, I mean, it's crazy to think this, but. Uh, you know, there was, there would, I would have loved to see that matchup. And, uh, I mean, you know, if they would, because Dallas would be the two seed if they would win a division or, you know, and which is still possible. Well, Philadelphia has, a, you know, it's a the NFL. There's so many ifs. And I just think that, like, if they do, uh, we could end up at the end of the season saying if they would have let Tommy DeVito throw in the rain against the Jets defense, they would have been in the playoffs back-to-back here. Well, just even that, they didn't even need that. Barkley falls down. Right, or just know, a couple decisions, or if the the, uh, the offsides on Kayvon, or I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they would have had more time. They would have no time left on the clock, and then you're talking the, about... Uh, Dory know, Jackson, uh, pass interference. Yeah, there, there was just so much, and I... And this is, you know, as far as the Jets are concerned, I mean, you know, Rodgers, you know, they, they he brought in all these garbage from Green Bay, and you know they appeased to him, and now they're gonna wait, you know, Rodgers another year, and maybe he'll win eight games if he lasts, you know, if he's if he's injury free, which I doubt, but I mean, I don't think they're going to be that great as it is, and it's just gonna bring back their franchise another two, three years. But, I mean, who knows what quarterbacks could come out. And uh, it's a shame because they're wasting this great defense. And I, I just I just don't see, you know, Rodgers bringing them to the promised land even comes back next year. Typical, uh, typical Jets, it I, seems. I'm sorry? Typical Jets, it seems. It's like they, they, they just, you know, they just have a string of bad luck. And, like, I don't know what it is. I hate to use well, the word cursed, but it's like I, I could see well, it next year. This, you're putting your eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket again, and then he's another year removed from playing. He's another year older, and there's still issues with the offensive line. There's still issues with, like, there's other there's other things that have to go on for the Jets to actually be competitive. Uh, I think they're, for the most part, going to be able to bring that, that defense back. But it's just no guarantee that this guy's going to be playing at the MVP level that they all thought when they were screaming, Super Bowl, we're going, we're going to the Super Bowl. Right, I mean, I didn't even want these guys coming. I mean, Lazar had hands of bricks in Green Bay. Cobb's yeah, paid him a lot play. of money. Um, they gave him a money. Cobb, you know, Billy Turner. Uh, right. 
<laughs> Tim, no, the, you the literally you literally started Tim Boyle two games this well, year because he used to play with Aaron Rodgers. He used to back right, with Aaron Rodgers. They didn't get a backup quarterback for Wilson because Rodgers wanted his buddy as the backup quarterback. Sure. And that, that, um, that and, and any serviceable backup quarterback would have been able to stabilize this season where it wouldn't have been all about Aaron Rodgers. Thanks for the call, Bobby. We know that now. Any backup quarterback with NFL experience that would have been able to distribute the ball and complete some passes and not take sacks and turn the ball over like Zach Wilson would have won enough games for the Jets to end their playoff drought, and people would not be focused on Tuesdays with Aaron on Pat McAfee. Let's go to Christian and Maho Pack before we go to break and bring in our next guest. What's up, Chris? You got it. What's up, Keith? How you doing, man? Great. How are you? I'm doing well. I don't usually uh, listen to the fan this late, so it's nice to get through to you, man. Oh, well, I appreciate it. I'm always on the fan late. This is actually early for me. <laughs> yeah, well, you got till midnight, right? So, a couple more hours. Yeah, and then I'll drive uh, so home in traffic about... for an hour. <laughs> it's all good. Doesn't matter what time. Doesn't matter what time. It's New York City, right? Yep, holiday season, New York City. They closed the tunnel. Actually, Connor... If you can get me out of here, and if they keep the the Lincoln tu- or Holland Tunnel open till twelve, I gotta get out, and then I'll be able to get home quick. But we don't have that much time. Let's go to Christian and Maho back. What you got? Yeah. So real quick, I just want to talk about the whole Yankees facial hair thing. I don't know if you're listening earlier to Evan and Tiki, and Evan saying they got to get rid of the the facial hair policy. What if yeah, they're not going to players from coming here? To they're me, I'm indifferent. I don't care if they did. I don't care if they do. Uh, if they did get rid of it, if they don't get rid of it. But why would you want a guy on your team who wouldn't want to be on the team because of something so arbitrary? That's right. something that it's so so. If the fan had a policy where you had to be clean shaven, you're telling me Evan Roberts wouldn't shave his beard if he had <laughs> Evan one. Evan is a terrible Come example because Evan could use a shave. Evan doesn't, a haircut, he doesn't have one. A dress code policy. <laughs> Absolutely, but you're telling me if Evan Roberts or, or or Sal, I know Sal's a big, you know, this has been his dream job. If they said, you know, you, you got to get rid of the, the facial hair, how many of the guys who are on the fan right now would get rid of that facial hair in a it, second? It, it wouldn't even it wouldn't even be a speed bump. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't no. No one would. No one it, would. No one would put up a fight against it. <laughs> exactly. And and like, if, why would you want a guy like that on your team? That's that that's would be exactly an absolute locker room cancer. Right. I just that's exactly. Yeah, I'm where indifferent it on it. I don't care if they keep it or not, but I wouldn't want that guy on my team anyway. Great call, Chris, and I'll take it from here before we go to the break. Uh, so most of Yankee fans on Yankees Twitter saw Alex Verdugo already shaved. Nobody told him he had to shave December 14th. Season's not until March 28th. He doesn't have to report for pitchers and catchers for months. Nobody told him he had to shave. He did it on his own as a Boston Red Sox player traded to the Yankees. He knows what time it is. We had a drop, and I don't know how we go about picking the drops and clips from our shows, but when it's like Keith McPherson at night, you hear my voice saying that every baseball player from when they pick up the bat and glove, watching baseball, five years old, listening to baseball games, watching baseball games, whatever it is, you just know that. You know the Yankees are clean-shaven. You've never seen a Yankee team with long hair, long beards. It's just a part of the Yankee tradition, and the Yankees are big on their traditions. The whole thing, I, I get it. it, it it's not um, politically correct now. I get it. It's like not of the times. The Yankees are above that. They don't care. I'm telling you they don't care. It's something that George cared about. 
So I guarantee you Hal is going to care about it and continue it. And if you came in and, and really put up a fight, Aaron Judge isn't putting up a fight. Garrett Cole isn't putting up a fight. Juan Soto isn't putting up a fight. Like, there is not one player that has been big enough to challenge it. And it, it goes back to, like, like a, a not I don't want to say military approach, but when you go to the Army, you can't have long hair and beards, and that's where it comes from. It's about, like, falling in line, not so much so to be controlled, but to just not put yourself above anyone else. You can't wear the same uniform as everyone else. You can't be uniform in your look. Then, then, then there's a problem there before we even pick up bats and gloves and baseballs. All right, let's go to the break. We're going to bring in Lee Steinberg and keep talking baseball as we talk about the effect of the Shohei Otani contract. We'll break it down. We'll talk to Lee. I'll read a little bit of his bio when we get him. Let's take this break and do that right now. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Keith McPherson here about halfway through my five-hour KM to AM. Joining us right now, man, I got to read this guy's bio because it was just well-written, well-done. He's the premier sports agent, entrepreneur, best-selling author, and CEO of Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Holdings. He's best known for his work building athletes into standalone brands. He is often credited as the real-life inspiration for the Oscar-winning film Jerry Maguire. Lee has represented many of the most successful athletes and coaches in football, basketball, baseball, hockey, boxing, and golf, including the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, for an unprecedented eight times in conjunction with 62 total first-round picks. With an unrivaled history of record-setting contracts, Lee has secured over $4 billion for his 300-plus pro-athlete clients and directed more than $750 million to various charities around the world. Right now, joining us on The Fan, it's Lee Steinberg. Lee, are you there? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I, I got to give a raise to whoever wrote that. <laughs> yeah, when I saw him, like, hold on. Because, you know, you can Google some things about you. And I, I was going to ask if you were still active, but I, I, I got that information. Um, a caller asked to see if you were still active, still out there willing and, and dealing. Um, so, you know, as we bring you into the fan, you are still active. You know, just give us uh, a couple names of uh, the guys you represent and who you're still working with. Um. <clears throat> Well, we have a, a football player that I co-represent <clears throat> named Patrick Mahomes. Um, and uh, about 15 football players. Uh, at my height, I had 60 baseball players, players like Cece Sebastia and, uh, and Pudge Rodriguez. And, uh, um, but I'm doing a lot of education for younger people that want to break in the field now. 
Great, man. I mean, you're a legend. It's funny because uh, everybody knows Jerry Maguire and show me the money. And now we're talking about Shohei me the money. The Shohei Otani <laughs> contract is absolutely ridiculous. When you first saw the number, like I, I'll tell you myself, I was taking a nap because I have a little one and I have to literally try and sleep when he sleeps because he's nuts. Um, so Saturday I'm taking a nap and I wake up to text and they're like, yo, Otani signed. 700 million and, I, and my first thought was for how many years <laughs> like, 10 years and i didn't know about the like deferred money until a couple days later but what were your first thoughts when you saw this deal come through well at 700 million dollars it becomes the biggest contract in the history of sports it probably exceeds lionel messi and people in european uh soccer so i thought that was pretty stunning at $460 million, it comes in to the region people thought it would be, which was somewhere between four and $500 million. And the fact that it's uh, deferred means that what counts against the salary, um, what the luxury tax is $46 million instead of 70 So that's a help because... That means that the Dodgers have more elasticity in terms of signing free agents, their own uh, players, and and uh, being able to be aggressive. And by doing that, he sent a signal to everyone that he was serious about winning, and which is why he left the Angels in the first place. So uh, that structure is unusual in that um, – what happens is that to evaluate money paid in the future, you have to take the discount rate of whatever inflation is and apply it to future dollars. So it, it, it's much less purchasing power, but nobody's really going to uh, shed crocodile tears for someone making $50 million a year. Yeah, it's, uh, it's unprecedented. I don't think, uh, you know, so a lot of people were saying, oh, what is this going to do to baseball? Is it, is, it, is there going to be copycats trying to do this? And I'm like, I don't think other guys can do this. Like, you think this is Otani you're talking about. The amount of money he generates globally, the amount of money he makes off the field, he can just collect $2 million a year. Um, and then the CBT hit on the contract people were talking about, around $46 million for the collective bargaining tax. We just came out of the lockout. We just came out of the new CBA being negotiated. What are your thoughts about Major League Baseball, copycat deals like this, the collective bargaining tax, and what this will do um, to the game moving forward? I really don't think we're going to see too many people that can pull this off. Well, as the point you made was a salient one, which is that there is no comparable. It's not like someone else can compare themselves to a player who – not for 2024, 20, but for nine of these years, plays two positions right. at the top level of performance. It's not just that he plays the position, he was the MVP. So he's top of his class to two and enables you to keep one less player. Second of all, he helps the franchise generate money because they'll sell out every time he pitches. So that starts it merchandising he's, uh, i saw that his jersey was going for like 280 dollars. oh yeah already uh, broke records with fanatics it's it's the, and, the and, and fastest selling out. jersey ever right and so and for the dodgers he allows him to do um 
sponsorship deals with all sorts of people that penetrate the far east um, and do a worldwide market, and they'll make money in all sorts of ways. Look, the bottom line is that baseball is in the greatest revenue days ever uh, between the television packages, between merchandising, between seat sales. And I remember when I was much younger, baseball owners used to complain all the time that they were having trouble making profit. And Mm -hmm. you have, it's been years since you heard a baseball executive say that. Yeah. And even coming out of the lockout when they were trying, a lot of them were trying to like not show what they made and crying broke. I mean, we're now a couple seasons after the lockout. I mean, you see the Oakland A's situation, them going to Vegas and whatnot. Baseball is in a very healthy place financially right now. They really are. And um, the television contracts uh, adopt the premise of lost leader bidding. Mm-hmm. So what happens is more money goes in in uh, rights fees than it could ever be recouped in advertising fees. But it helps the network establish viewership for the primetime programming they do by showing all the promos. And uh, in football, it's how Fox Network went from number four to number one. So that market should continue. And um, it uh, it was pretty clear that Otani, living in Southern California, watching the Dodgers every night, um, saw how unique that organization was. Um, I mean, the Angels not only don't have a whole lot of uh, players that are productive, they don't have a farm system. Um, And they probably have one of the weaker farm systems. The Dodgers, on the other hand, turn out a rookie of the year every year. (laughs) And then they sign the top free agents, and they make trades and bring in players, and they're an absolute machine. So a couple things that we, we just talked about, right? Attendance. Without Otani, they lead the league in attendance. I've been out there. They just renovated that stadium because they were supposed to host the uh, All-Star game um, before the pandemic. They ended up hosting it two years ago. It's beautiful. What they've done to Dodger Stadium, the back of Dodger Stadium, is a whole other like hangout area. And then they even have this area that, that, that they threw a party in the back. So like just Dodger Stadium and the Dodgers alone before Otani – they're the number one ballpark. They they lead the league in attendance. Now with Otani, it's even more. With the jersey sales, Fanatics reported that in 48 hours, two days, it broke the sales of who we've already mentioned, uh, Lionel Messi and his Inter-Miami jersey when he signed with them and smashed his sales. And then as we're talking about TV, and I, and I know everybody's familiar with, like, you know, the Yankees and how the Yankees are on the Yes Network, Apple TV, um, they're on Amazon Prime. They're even on Peacock once in a while. There's just all these different streaming services getting involved. This year, Bally Sports, which is, you know, the largest regional sports network that covers all of these, you know, teams in Major League Baseball, they claim bankruptcy, but MLB is trying to work that out. The Dodgers are on Spectrum Sports Net LA. They have their own channel for their games. So everything was already set up. And that phrase, the rich get richer, is exactly what's going on with the Dodgers and Otani right now. So when the Dodgers came to Los Angeles in 1958, they marketed Los Angeles like it was Des Moines, Iowa. 
They did back to school night and Friday night and Boy Scout night and Gowanus night. And they built. Oh, no. Did we did we lose? Oh, no, man, we were rolling. <laughs> oh, man. Hold on. Let's see if we can get Lee back. We were rolling, man. I feel like we were having a good uh, baseball conversation and he was turning back the clock a little bit. I know there's some. Some people listening that are, you know, Brooklyn Dodgers fans that remember those times. Shout out to uh, Howie Rose, who had me uh, read the um, Boys of Summer book. Still haven't finished it, but I got enough of it down to get some of the history of, uh, you know, what was back then with Ebbets Field and the Dodgers and Jackie Robinson. And then when you think about what the Los Angeles Dodgers are now, what? Like, I can't imagine being old enough to have seen the Dodgers in Brooklyn. And then what the franchise is now with Shohei Otani, a $700 million baseball player, and everything that we're outlining right now from the TV to the attendance to the jersey sales to the international marketing. You know, when we watched the Yankees go to the Big A, Angels Stadium in Anaheim, it was so obvious when, when Shohei is pitching, it's even bigger. But when Shohei comes up to the plate, it's like it's 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 so it's such star power and all of the um, changeable advertisements, whether it's digital, whether it's something that someone's got to manually push, they switch to Japanese script. It's some type of Japanese product because the Japanese audience is tuned in. They don't miss an Otani game. They don't miss an Otani start. They don't miss an Otani at bat. And now that goes to the Dodgers, who already have Mookie Betts, who already have. Freddie Freeman, a bunch of other guys. I'm so excited for this baseball season. I can't wait to go back to Dodger Stadium. I would have went out there last year when the Yankees were there in June uh, if I wasn't on diaper duty. Okay, Lee is back. Lee, are you there? Yes, I don't know what happened, but uh, probably probably somewhere between Newport Beach and California and New York. uh, (laughs) Something in the air. I think the, the Dodgers were like, hey, cut it. You guys are talking about Brooklyn and what we used to do. and <laughs> Enough already. <laughs> the very first game I ever remember watching was the 1955 World Series between the Dodgers and the Yankees. And my dad was from uh, New York, and he rooted for the Dodgers. Uh, but what I was trying to say was that Los Angeles was marketed by – The Dodgers, like it was Des Moines, Iowa, they had back-to-school nights, they had straight-A nights, they had Kuala and Boy Scout nights. And Vince Scully's voice in transistor radios meant that the concept became going to a Dodger game, no matter who they were playing, going to a Dodger game, no matter who was pitching. And so they've got this lifelong loyalty in Southern California. And they already have the best attendance in baseball, but it'll be even better. Yeah, because there will now be this influx of um, the Japanese that come there specifically for Otani. I've seen it here in Yankee Stadium. Whenever Shohei Otani's here, Yankee Stadium sells out, but whenever Shohei Otani's here, there's people with signs and Japanese flags and his face on their shirts, and there's just like this mania around him. I was you know, filling time talking about how when he comes up to bat – it's like the stadium comes alive, and you know when we saw Aaron Judge chase sixty-two home runs, we got to see what it was like for like the live cut-in. You know they're interrupting uh, college football, they're interrupting golf to show Aaron Judge his pursuit of history. 
it's like they do that with Otani just for his first at bat of the game for the Japanese well, audience. Right. And there's a large Japanese American, um, not Japanese national, Japanese American population in Southern California. Always has been. So, um, um, I mean, I live near Anaheim Stadium relatively, and and I paid to go see Otani several and, uh, it's it's really uh, going to be amazing, and the doctors are not done yet. They're going to sign more players. They their pitching was so deleted uh, uh, deleted last year, yeah. depleted. It was unbelievable. They lost Walker Bueller. They lost uh, uh, Arias. They lost uh, Dustin May. They yep. lost uh, Rick Tony Gonsolin. Yep. Yeah, Tony Gonsolin. They they just got wiped out and. You know, Kershaw's getting older. And he couldn't do it. Um, huh. You think they signed Yamamoto? I've been kind of on this whole Yamamotani thing here. I know people don't love it in New York because Yankee fans want him, Mets fans want him. But I'm like, why wouldn't he? The way that this deal is structured, where Otani is only taking $2 million, and the way that we're hearing that this kid wants to win and also wants to play with another Japanese player, there ain't a better one to play with. There ain't a better team to join. Why wouldn't Yamamoto sign with the Dodgers? And you're right. So players are influenced during free agency by where other players are signing. And, um, you know, it makes a difference now. He might not want to be in the shadow of Otani. That might be a consideration. But given the fact that the greatest marketing event in baseball is the World Series performing dramatically there, and that gives you a national following, uh, that's the whole goal of this, and and uh, so I I think there's a, a good chance. Remember one other thing: the Dodgers are not like other ownership groups. They, in essence, are owned by a hedge fund, which produces inexhaustible amounts of new money every day, and so they don't have the financial challenges that an individual owner uh, might have. Yes, yeah, I mean, they've been going for it for years. From I just remember Magic Johnson coming in and talking about how they were going to go for it and how they were going to spend and how they were going to do things. And then even looking at that show, that Shohei Otani press conference that 70 million people tuned in to watch yesterday, I'm like, like this is what they do. Like They bring in players, but now they brought in the player, the arguably greatest player we've ever seen, and other players are going to want to sign there. It's a long winter. Uh, man, it's it's crazy. I'm I'm excited for it, even though I'm I'm rooting for a Yankees, Dodgers World Series. I was just saying that that's Major League Baseball's dream. The most money they can make is a fall classic where we're flying from New York to L.A. and uh, it's it's Dodgers Yankees, and with the Yankees getting Juan Soto, I I don't know. I would love for it to be this year, but we know that's not how it happens now with this new. Uh, quote-unquote crapshoot and this extra team in the wild card and these new rules, you end up getting Arlington versus Phoenix in the um, in the World Series. Yeah, wasn't that interesting? Uh, I'm sure that the people in uh, the corporate offices of uh, the networks were um, falling off their chairs when they saw that pairing. <laughs> okay, last thing I got to ask you. Um, I don't know how I landed on it. But maybe a week ago or a couple weeks ago, and I even had a caller tonight that dropped off because, you know, we're talking about different things. I, I spoke on Warren Moon, 
and how I feel like Warm Moon isn't celebrated enough. When I was a little boy, I remember going to the uh, little library section that had, you know, athlete books. And I remember pulling out the Warm Moon book and reading about, you know, him uh, going to school out there in L.A. and, uh, you know, him going to play for the Eskimos in Canada and not getting a fair shake. But, like, now with the state of the NFL, Patrick Mahomes being one of them, uh, guys like C.J. Stroud, Dak Prescott, um, there's so many prominent black quarterbacks. It's just a regular thing. We don't even think about it. But I feel like Warren Moon doesn't get his proper due. He doesn't get celebrated enough. And I know you have a relationship with Warren Moon. Can you speak to our audience about him and about his time and what he did? So it was 1978. And at that time, there was a fair amount of skepticism about the capability of a black athlete playing the so-called thinking positions in pro football. I mean, it seems ridiculous now, but it was ridiculous then. But at any rate, um, so Warren, instead of signing and get, waiting to get drafted, signed in Canada, he People in scouting asked him to change his position. Would he be willing to play running back? And I asked him once. He said, no, I was born to be a quarterback. So he played up there for six years and set all sorts of records. And that enabled him in 1984 to come back and have three leagues bidding on him and 12 teams and signing the biggest overall contract. Um, and... He then went on, after six years in Canada, to play 17 in the NFL, some of great ones with uh, Houston and Minnesota and Seattle. And uh, then I had the great honor of um, him asking me to be, give his induction speech at the Hall of Fame. And he became the first African-American quarterback in the modern era to be voted in the Hall of Fame. And I said at that time, he won't be the last. And now we have the highest priced, most successful MVP types uh, who are black quarterbacks. Um, and, and um, uh, but, but here's the thing. People today don't study history. In other words, if you ask them why there's free agency in baseball, I don't know that they can tell you the Kirk Flood fought this great battle, yeah. right? Or Spencer Haywood fought a big battle, um, mm -hmm. you know, to come out of school. Or there's just no sense of memory as we're seeing on college campuses today. And so I think that that's the deal. But Warren has been a successful role model. He set up a Crescent Moon Foundation that sends hundreds of kids to college on his scholarship. So he's out there still doing good. Yeah, it's funny. I I was about to say Kurt Flood, and I love when Garrett Cole was introduced his press conference here at Yankee Stadium. He made sure to mention Kurt Flood, and Kurt Flood is someone that I learned about. I think, yeah, you're 100% correct, especially with now the Internet and how many new things take our attention right away and how the news cycle now, it's there's something trending, something viral. Uh, not enough people are going back into the books or even Google to learn about things, and uh, I thank you for sharing some of that about Warren Moon. It's something that you know young people listening need needed to hear, and I know there's some uh, you know people that watched Warren Moon play that are like, yeah, we we remember. Right.
Lee, thank you for the time tonight. I'll let you enjoy the rest of your Friday. You were great. I just followed you on Instagram and Twitter. Keep doing your thing. Uh, we appreciate you joining us on WFAN in New York. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Lee Steinberg. I mean, that was good. I mean, clip that one. I know everybody's over at Boomer and Geo having a good time, but me personally, I thought that was a good one. I mean, uh, man, I, I would not be on this radio station if I wasn't a black quarterback, if I wasn't playing quarterback age 12 into college, uh, one of the top quarterbacks in the state that, you know, got me a scholarship where I knew I wasn't big enough, fast enough, strong enough, good enough to go to the NFL, but I did get an ed- education. I did learn a lot of public speaking things. I did learn uh, just a lot, you know, reading and writing. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here now because of that. And, uh, you know, that's, I just feel like that's a full circle moment right there, me, me being able to get Lee Steinberg on and him sharing that story and, you know, me being able to say back in the day when I was – in Ocean Township Elementary School, I pulled out a book to read about Warren Moon, and I learned about that. That was before I even started playing football. So thank you for uh, letting me have that little break in our Football Friday to talk baseball, to bring in someone knowledgeable, to talk about Otani and history and things like that. I, I think it's it's so necessary. But we'll get back to the phones. We'll get back to your calls. We'll get back to the football conversation. I do have a mystery guest coming up in about a half hour, uh, but it's wide open, man. My cost, my Casamigos big shot of the night will be at 11, but I, I want to get back to talking about the NFL, and I will sprinkle in now some of the stuff around the Mets and the Yankees and the hot stove and what's going on with other teams in Major League Baseball. This is Keith McPherson, your nighttime host. This is KM to AM. We still got a lot of show left. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the fan. Hello. How's it going? I mean, going good over here. I was able to heat my dinner up during that break. I got a couple bites. And it's funny, right? Like, <laughs> I was talking this week about Tommy DeVito and the Italian heritage and how, like, I, I like Italian folks. I like Italian heritage, food, all of it. I'm all about it. I'm from the shore area. I live in Hudson County now. Um, I just went and uh, hit the kitchen real quick to heat up my... Um, Chicken vodka meatballs, which are also with just regular meatballs and like red sauce, some pasta that I got from Cangiano's in Jersey City. And I'm in there every day. <laughs> you know, so like when I hear people like, oh, we got to take it easy with all the Italian stuff. I'm like, no, you don't. They're, nobody's taking it the wrong way. Don't make it like that. And then when I hear people try and flip it and say, well, if it was another race or nationality, well, we can't really do that with black folks. We can't really can't really flip it the same. We should celebrate black culture and black history and all that. We do, but it's just not the same as the quarterback of the Giants being from Italian descent. The camera showing his very Italian family. The cameras in the parking lot showing the Italian food spread. It just fits. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's better than okay. It's great. It's a national story. Tommy DeVito, shout out to the DeVito family. Shout out to Papa DeVito. I think Tommy DeVito Sr., his ads blowing up. And, uh, you know, it's good for business. Even the agent going viral. It's, it's, all, it's all good for, for the family. It's all good for business. I'm, I'm down with the Italian-American club. They show me love. 
they show me love from from Ocean Township to Jersey City, all through New York. So, ain't no problem with me. Keep McPherson on the fan. We are going to bring in a mystery guest around like ten fifteen. I will reset after this next break and update just to sprinkle in some more topics, just to sprinkle in uh, some things that we haven't talked about yet. But to recap, obviously we hit Tommy DeVito, Tommy Cutlets. We we talked about the Giants and we had Charlotte Carroll, who covers the Giants for The Athletic, on at 820. Then we got to talking about baseball and, of course, the Juan Soto stuff. And Justin Turner's name came up. He may be reunited with the Mets. I think that's a good move to get the fan base excited because I really don't think Yamamoto is going to sign with the Mets. I also don't think he's signing with the Yankees. I think Yankee fans got a little ahead of themselves with the whole Yamasoto thing. It's still up in the air. I think we'll find out next week. But I just think that the guy wants to go play in L.A. with Otani. Why wouldn't he? So we just had Lee Steinberg on, the legend, uh, the inspiration behind Jerry Maguire. And, you know, he just broke down the Shohei Otani contract, and we talked through the effects from everything from merch to TV to ticket sales, and baseball's in a good place. I am really hoping we get that Yankees-Dodgers World Series. The uh, baseball world will explode. So if you want to join the show, call now while we take this break, 877-337-6666. I see somebody on the line right now. We'll go to you first. They want to talk about something we haven't talked about at all, but we talk sports here, and I can talk all sports. So let's do that. Let's hit the break and the update, and we'll be right back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 